This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch and on this podcast we are going to help raise awareness of autism. Autism is a hidden lifelong disability. It affects how people communicate and interact with the world. There are approximately 700,000 autistic adults and children in the UK. That's one in a hundred people. They often need more time to process questions, can struggle meeting new people, can struggle to pick up on unwritten rules, often have many strengths though. These can include intense focus, attention to detail, honesty and integrity, and creative thinking. An autistic TV personality and National Autistic Society ambassador, Chris Packham, recently stated, with a little more acceptance, understanding, and a few simple adjustments, more autistic people would be able to enter the workforce and put their amazing talents to use. So I'm pleased to say I've got a guest with me to help navigate through autism, and it's someone who's an old school friend who's recently written a book, and that's Tracy Lear. Come in, Tracy. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're going to go through the story of how you came up with the idea of of writing and publishing this book but also just about your background navigate through um what what the story is all about and the fact that it's actually gone trending all over the place youtube twitter instagram and i'm so pleased that it's going really well for you so first of all you we went to the grange school uh together i think you were you're a year above me i think from memory um but during that time at school did you have any passion for the english language or anything like that or was it something that's developed more in recent times no i wasn't the most academic person at school by any means um i enjoyed english um but it wasn't until uh i started working i worked at the bristol university as a hr admin kind of role for about 15 years and I just kind of fell into that role. But there was a, a lot of the times when I was thinking, I know that I've got this creative side of me that I don't, I don't really know what, why I'm in this office role. This isn't really fulfilling it. Um, and then I left there and I went to London to train as a makeup artist with that creative side, very different, but with that creative side in mind. And then I had some children and... I started writing naturally, I guess, in COVID times when there wasn't really much else to do. And I really love writing and brought the love back for that. And what made it even more lovely was I was writing for my children. So that just gave it that extra bit of um, enjoyment for me. And they loved it too. So, yeah. So, so obviously we'll come on to the book in a moment, which, which is a poem you wrote that you converted into a book, but are are we saying that there's other writing in the, in the offing that might be coming further down the line? There are other things that I've written, whether, Mm. whether I um, publish, I'm not sure yet, Okay, um, but we shall say, yeah, watch this space. Awesome. Love it. (laughs) Okay. So you you mentioned your, your children there. Just tell us a little bit about your, your children, Eli and Millie. Yeah. So Eli is six years old. Um, he's autistic and Millie is two and a half and she is a diva. 
<laughs> yeah so I, i've got two myself so um ivy seven and roman four so we've got awesome. one we've got one of each um wow. which which has its advantages mm. but, um obviously you know you can't you can't do the hand-me-downs can you no no you can't <laughs> absolutely um but it's lovely i didn't actually know what i was going to do with a little girl when we found out we were having millie we were both a bit like, oh my goodness, what do we do with a girl? Like, what's <laughs> going to happen? But she is just a ray of sunshine. It is lovely. She is um, a drama queen as well. I don't know where she gets that from. No. But um, she she is wicked. And she's really helped Eli as well. Um, she's definitely taught him patience. <laughs> awesome. Love it. So let's talk about Eli then. So uh, when did you realise that, um, that Eli was autistic? So I'd say... From around nine months old, there were certain things that just didn't seem to come natural to him. So I didn't have another child to compare anything to. But there were certain things that I thought were, weren't quite right. So there were things like um, he didn't naturally engage with me. There wasn't a lot of eye contact. Um, he wouldn't respond to his name as frequently as you would expect. Um, and as he kind of got older, they were becoming more apparent. Mm. So they weren't getting better. It was obviously, it was getting, it was getting more noticeable. Um, little things like when they're growing up and they really want to show mummy and daddy their new toy. He didn't really want that recognition from me. He was just quite happy doing his thing. Um, and so it was those little things that I noticed. Um, and as he got, as he got kind of to toddler stage, I can remember <laughs> embarrassingly losing it a little bit one day. He was being particularly naughty. And so I was, I was quite angry and I just, I just stopped. And I just thought he is not, he is not picking up my emotion at all. There is nothing. I, it doesn't matter how hard I shout, scream, no matter what I do, he is not, he's not got that recognition. And so that was a big eye opener for me. Cause I thought that that's quite a, that's quite an autistic trait to kind of not be able to kind of emotionally recognize those kind of feelings. And at this point, did you, had you already looked to see, you know, what are the traits of autism? Was your knowledge there or was it just a hunch? A bit of both, I think. So I knew a little bit about autism, but when I noticed these particular things, I knew that they kind of all either led to kind of like a global delay or autism um so he was going to a uh, nursery at the time and I can I can just remember every time I picked him up saying how was he today did he interact with the other children and he was so little all they could really say to me was he's too young to tell mm. so I wasn't really getting a lot of feedback which was a bit frustrating as a parent you kind of I, I think through the diagnosis the kind of build-up was the worst part for me um actually the di the diagnosis in the end was almost like a weight off my shoulders um so I took him out of that nursery and I put him into a smaller setting a little pre a local preschool and he loved it um but what I made sure immediately email with all my concerns they must have thought oh no this mum <laughs> Um, but they got an email of all my bullet pointed concerns and they were incredible. They, I feel so blessed that we had the right people 
supporting Eli at the right time, it felt, because I think a lot of people don't have as nice an experience with the diagnosis as we did. We were very lucky. So various different people um, were involved in observing Eli, seeing how he kind of played and communicated with his peers. Things like sharing is very difficult for autistic children. The eye contact thing, Mm. just that natural kind of friendship kind of thing that little ones just naturally understand they get it so um Eli didn't really have that and he's quite happy to be on his own as a parent to watch your little child be on his own is quite hard but you've Mm. got to keep remembering he's actually really happy he's he's all right is it's affecting you more than it is him the preschool um we had Senko's involved speech and language lots of uh professionals we had to wait a while for those appointments to come in and then it was a case of more observations more meetings courses where Eli would attend once a week with a smaller group again so four different professionals could observe him and then there were just various different reports and things and all that's going on you've got to think he's going to be starting school soon so is he going to be okay we've not even got the diagnosis yet so what will that mean so we did start um, the educational healthcare plan application before we had the official diagnosis, actually. Right. Um, which meant he had that and was able to go to mainstream school and he's thriving at the moment. So Awesome. Oh, that's yeah. so good to hear. So, so the support you had at that stage was from the preschool and mm. then you started on that, on that journey. What, what support did you have and your partner? How, how did your partner take, take this? Obviously, uh, you know, from the, from the male perspective, how, was yeah. there a denial or was there an acceptance? With, with regards to the whole family and friends, I think there's a lot of people, when you mention autism, people are very quick to say, it'll be okay, he's a boy, um, he'll get there in the end, it's just a delay. When as a mum, I think more so than as a dad, although that might be unfair for me to say, but from, from me, my gut was saying, no, there's something that isn't quite right and we need the support now rather than waiting a couple of years and then needing it. Um, Jamie actually was never either in denial or kind of diagnosing him from the, you know, he, he was always, up, he's always optimistic, I guess, for either way. I think Eli and Jamie are incredibly similar and they've got a massive, it's, a, it's such a lovely bond that they've got. So I think that for Jamie, it actually didn't matter what the diagnosis was mm. because Eli is Eli and yeah. their bond was lovely anyway. So Jamie probably dealt with it better than me. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? With you know that mother's intuition and mm. wanting to make sure if there is something, you know, it's no, it's for no other reason other than you want to make sure they're getting the help they need at that yeah. particular stage of their life to to be able to learn and develop. I guess. Yeah, and I think Jamie and my family all know that I am a little bit of a worrier, so I think a lot of the time they're going, "Oh, don't worry," like they're kind of trying to protect me a little bit, whereas um. Yeah, on this instance, I was right. <laughs> yeah. So so Eli is now how old? Six. Six. So in the past couple of years, as you say, he's thriving at school. Mm. And and let's talk about the book. So I've got it in front of me here. Uh, yeah. What Makes Me Me, Eli's Story, written by Tracy Lear. No, it's uh, weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, so this was a poem originally. When did you, when did you actually write it? So um, it would have been March... 2021 
Okay. Um, autism awareness. I think it was awareness last year, not acceptance. They've changed it to acceptance, the much okay. more kind of positive word this year. Um, so it was autism awareness last year. And I just felt like um, he'd just been diagnosed. There was this big month kind of celebrating autism. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if Eli could just read something out to his class for them to understand him a little bit more? But I couldn't really find anything that was particularly Eli. Like, mm. Eli's not particularly deep. He he would, very black and white, matter of fact, the poem was going to be read to like four and five-year-olds. So I thought, Do you know what, let's just write something ourselves. And so, uh, yeah, we wrote a little poem. I can remember writing it out on um on a page of A4 and asking him to read it back to me because he's really good at reading. So say, he the, fact re- that, the fact that he could read <laughs> yeah, all of that, all of those words at that age yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, he was he was really good. But what happened for Eli is I gave him kind of page of A4 and he'd read the first two lines. And then everything just got busy for it in his mind. And he was just like, no, I am not up for this. I'm not doing it. So while he was at school one day, I did little white reading cards so I could hold them up for him. So um, I did those for him. And he came home one day from school and I just said, Eli, would you be able to read this out for me? And he did it. And he did it first take. And I was like, that is really lovely. Because I thought, there's no way that he's going to be able to read this in school. Mm. So I thought that if I video it, maybe they can at least play it and Eli could be sat there. They did do that, but they also put it on their social media and it went a bit, vi- well, it didn't go viral, but it certainly went viral for me who gets what? like 10 likes. Um, exactly. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's something that would have struck a chord with so many people, I'm sure, that were in a, in a situation that you were in there or further down yeah. the line or a couple of years prior that were thinking what you were thinking a couple of years prior. Mm. So, yeah, fa- fantastic. So, yeah, so he, he him reading it out and the video, I've seen it, you know, such a cute kid reading it out re- is, it, it struck, strikes a chord um, with, with everyone, I'm sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Eli. I see the world quite differently, but that doesn't make it wrong. The world will be be boring if you all sang the same song. What inspiration did you take for writing that poem? Because obviously the, the poem, the book itself is fantastic. And for someone who hasn't got a background in writing um yeah congratulations for a start it's it is very very good did, was it something that you sort of developed over time or did it just come to you in a dream or <laughs> um, I've always I've always enjoyed writing I've always enjoyed writing poems when I was at school I liked to do that when I was at home it was something that I would do when I was little um and I never really thought anything more of it I just seemed to be able to do it and I mm. liked it and that was it so when it came down to writing a poem about Eli that came even more naturally to me because it was about him. And that's why I included Eli's story in the title, because this is about him. Many, many people out there will be similar to our situation, but no one will be exactly the same. Autism is a huge spectrum and no one person with autism is the same as another person with autism. Mm. There are many, many different versions of it. And so I just really liked it that it was about us and especially about Eli. And he loved it because he was talking about autism, but he didn't have the pressure 
of it being so in-depth that I was asking him questions about it. He was able to read it, mm. take on those words that he might sometimes feel overwhelming, and it helped him, I think. So the, the poem goes up on social media um, yeah. and you get the reaction to it. At mm. what point did you think we're going to make a book out of this? I think I thought, well, do you know what? It's COVID. No one's got really much to do. <laughs> I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I just kind of made it into like um, the story of him trying to tell his friends and about autism? I thought it might help family members as well that it might be struggling with this. Mm. Um, is something that Eli would be able to read to his little sister, um, read to his grandparents, just so that um, the kind of situation just felt a bit more friendly the words diagnosis and all those things like four and five year olds don't want to hear about that they want to hear the nice positive things and what makes them special so mm. that's that's kind of where we went with that but um I think I lost it a little bit in COVID right. and I got a little bit excited because I started to obviously unless I wanted stick people in my book I needed an illustrator I have to say <laughs> the illustrations are absolutely fantastic you know, they're right- so beautiful Aren't they? Throughout the book, and and it's the you know my my little boy's only four, so I I read it to him, but obviously he was more interested in the illustrations at that point, yeah. and <laughs> as well as the words. I was trying to sort of explain you know some of the mm. meaning behind it, but yeah, the, the illustrations are fantastic. So tell us about how you found uh, Matea. Yeah. Matea, and she is the most beautiful person ever. She lives in Germany. We've never met. Oh wow. Um, I know, but we found her on Instagram. Just one of her pictures just resonated with me because I wanted the book. I know that certain colours, strong images, strong emotions all affected Eli. So he only needed to see something on the TV like Bart Simpson crying and he would feel that emotion too and he would get upset. So I knew that I had to make sure that the illustrator understood what we were trying to do with this book. And I think that that, is when I started to talk to the illustrator, just kind of out of curiosity, how much would these illustrations cost me kind of thing? I think that is when I started to think, I'm going to go for this. Yeah. Um, and even if it is just for our family, what a lovely thing to have in future. So, mm. yeah. So we sent Mattea pictures of Eli and Millie mm. and um, she turned them into little cartoon characters um we also sent pictures of some of Eli's and Millie's little soft toys so they're found scattered around some of Eli's things that he really loves she picked up on so a lot of space references in the book I wanted I wanted there to be a a page where you could kind of open up discussions around feelings and emotions because I know that Eli struggled with that and there's no right and wrong answers with it it's just a case of it's just conversation openers so yeah, I think that that is when I started to kind of think, I'm going to write a book. And is this you here? Yeah, that's me with the vacuum, <laughs> which Jamie thinks is hilarious. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I just suddenly thought I, I remember seeing um, some adults yeah. in there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Jamie said that can't be real because you've got a vacuum in your hand. <laughs> brilliant. I love it. <laughs> So the illustrations are done. Obviously, the words are there. Do you then have to pitch it to a publisher? or? So I didn't really know what I was doing at this point. So oh, I you, had these... how, how would you? <laughs> so I had these beautiful illustrations. Um, I had an OK manuscript, um, but I didn't know really if it was any good. So I thought, um, well, I'll send it to some, some publishers to see if they like the look of it. Some publishers said, 
no thank you. Some, um, and um, a, an amazing self-publishing company come back to me and said, yeah, we'll help you out. Um, and the reason I liked self-publishing is because if I'd have gone down a big publishing route, they would have kind of taken hold of my book a little bit. Yeah. And I thought, this isn't really what this is about. This is about our story. I don't want them turning it into something that it's not. It's quite raw. So, um, yeah, we've uh, I self-published in the end. So, awesome. yeah. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. Uh, so it's it came out, when did it come out? About a month ago now? Mm. A month yeah, ago it's now. Just a yeah, and it's uh I, I remember seeing sort of the, following it on your on your Facebook and it, it's I think it's sold out as well on Amazon and I you, know. you, you keep posting the reviews up on, on your on your Facebook as well. And they must be so affirming for you of, of the story that you've told. I know. The reviews are absolutely everything. I, I I can't keep writing this is what it's all about as my <laughs> post kind of comment caption, but it is completely, when I read things like, um, we've never spoken about autism with my little one, this is exactly a really natural way of talking about it with them. Um, some children saying, oh, mummy, I'm just like Eli, that's wonderful. Because when you're that little, I don't think you would understand that anybody else out there is like you. Um, and as a parent, that's not something that you would kind of just go straight into and say, oh, but by the way, there's other people out there like you. But from a child's point of view, that's really reassuring to know that Eli's out there. You can see Eli in this book. There's a little video. He's a real person. He's mm. doing just fine. Um, so, yeah, it, the reviews I just I just absolutely love. So, yeah, I do share a lot of them with <laughs> Well, I know it's great. It's great to read. And, and I saw you um, had a little excerpt in the in the Hannah and Normal Green voice as, as yeah. well. So it's great to have the local local paper supporting you as well. So, yeah, yeah. Fan- fantastic. And recently in the last few weeks, you've been talking in schools as well. Obviously, it's a, as you say, yeah. aut- autism acceptance uh, month and week. Uh, and you've been invited along to schools and you've actually donated some books to schools as well, haven't you? Yeah, I was quite um, I was quite shocked to find out that um, a lot of SEND teachers have got in touch with me and said not all schools have got resources, even for just a book like this. They wouldn't have the resources to be able to afford it. A lot of teachers have to go out and spend their own money on on resources. So I thought let's let's send some out. So, um, yeah, I sent about 20 books out to just various different schools around the UK. Eli's poem has actually been used in the National Autistic Society free resources that have been sent out to all UK primary schools as well. So that's really nice. And they they get to watch the little video and then afterwards do some activities around Eli and his story, which is really wonderful. And actually the schools that I visited and read the book, because the book fits in very nicely with the information, um, the kids absolutely love it. It's it's lovely, although they do stump me with some questions, which throws me slightly. <laughs> and what does Eli think about all all of this? Is he aware of the sort of the fanfare around this at the moment? He loves numbers, so he loves that there's a book. He loves that. Um, Millie really loves the book, but she will flip through until she finds a picture of herself. I was going to say, I bet that's what she, she likes. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and Eli is more interested in how many books, um, how many people viewed our video, how many, 50,000, wow, mum, that is such a big number. So he <laughs> likes things like, he likes facts. That's what he likes. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I, I love it. Such a good story. And we, we sort of started at, by me saying, what's next? So I guess it's it's only in its infancy, as you say, the, the book, but you must already be thinking about that what comes next in terms of the sequel? <laughs> I don't think I would write another book about autism. Right. But there are other books around um, being different, different characters. Yeah. Um, I guess it's once, once you've done it, once you've done it once and, you know, you've got these amazing illustrations, you've got now a, a trusted illustrator, I, I, I would say, um, yeah. and you know how to get it to market. You know, it mm. opens up a lot of a lot of ideas and doors that a couple of yeah. years ago you wouldn't have thought was you know possible. No, the process has just been amazing from doing something that I really love doing and finding that again, but also how it's brought us together as a family and bringing something that it could be a little bit of a negative situation and a hard situation for a family to deal with. I feel like our book has really made it a positive one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've. I've loved the process. I love the journey. Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, the book is called Eli's Story, What Makes Me, Me. And it's available on Amazon anywhere anywhere else. Can you get it into things like Waterstones and think, and places like that going forward? Or So Waterstones um, and WH Smiths and things like that, they need to see it on a, um, a kind of techie database behind the scenes Okay. which um, it takes six weeks for the book to actually get onto those kind of databases and platforms. So once it's on there, I've actually been in touch with Waterstones to hopefully either get it online on mm. their website, um, get in book on shelf in their stores. I think I'd have to be David Williams. So oh, really? Yeah. So maybe wow. next year. <laughs> just, go, just go in there with a box and just put them, put them yeah. at the front. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> Nothing to see here. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> Well, Tracy, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast to tell uh, your story and Eli's story, um, What Makes Me, Me. Um, and hopefully people listening have, have, have learned something by listening to this podcast. And yeah, I wish you every success for the future and going forward. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a really lovely time. No worries. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. And um, everybody's different. That so much is true. It's the little things in all of us that really makes you you.
Tchau!